Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan. So you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I want to help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode 135. Guess what? Two years ago, I didn't have anyone on my team. I was a solopreneur. It was me, myself, and I. And now I have a full team of girl bosses. And I'm talking about ways that you can create a team culture, whether you have one team member or a whole band of people behind you. Now, creating a team culture is something that I wish I would have done sooner. And so I'm walking you through some really awesome action steps in order to foster that with the people that you are working side by side in tandem with day in and day out. Before we dive into this show, I've got a question for you. If you're tuning in, take a screenshot and would you share that on social media so that I can see your face and hear from you? There is nothing that lights me up more than seeing who is tuning in each and every week and to be able to put faces behind the numbers that we see, man, that sets my heart on fire. So if you're tuning in today, take a screenshot, post it up, share the show It really, really helps us out. And I love waving at you from wherever in the world I am when you're tuning in. So without further ado, let's dive on into this show, Five Ways to Create a Team Culture. Ready, set, go. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru, Jenna Kutcher, will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Guess what? I know you. You want to know something I know about you? You're not a huge fan of sponsors and ads on your favorite shows. You probably hit that little button to skip through them so that you can just get to the point of the episode. Trust me, 
I get it. That's why I'm doing something a little outlandish, and I am dropping all of our sponsors for the Gold Digger podcast. Call me radical, call me crazy, but I set out to make a show that was filled with the free education our industries were lacking, and I am jumping right back into alignment with that vision. So this show is brought to you by our totally free guide, Five Easy Ways to Grow Your Email List. You can get your hands on it at jkemaillist.com. That's right, a guide that will get you started, help you understand why email lists matter, and teach you to know what to send. My biggest business regret is not starting an email list sooner, so this episode is dedicated to not letting you make the same mistake. Head to jkemaillist.com and get growing that list of yours. Now, what do you say? Are you guys ready to jump into today's episode? Let's do it. A year and a half ago, I had no team. It was just me floating on my own little island trying to figure things out and run every aspect of my business. Many of you know the story about when we went through our first miscarriage, I was paralyzed with grief, and for the first time in my business, I was forced to ask for help. Let me be honest, asking for help is not the most fun activity on your to-do list. For so long, I had my grip so tight on control wanting to control everything from my inbox to my blog, from giving each and every single client a personable experience to posting on social media multiple times per day. And while I was making it happen, it wasn't easy. And the reality was, is that I was really just stunting my own growth simply because I was too proud to let anyone in. Does anyone relate to this? Do you feel like a hamster on a wheel and you are not in control of how fast or slow it is moving and you certainly cannot jump off of it? I was basically just trying to stay afloat. Now, the truth is, is that if you're out there trying to do it all, you might be staying afloat, but chances are you're not doing everything well. There are things that are slipping through the cracks. There are areas that you're putting off, things that you dread, and it is likely holding you back from really reaching and pursuing your potential. Over the last year, I have built my team, adding women in roles that free me up to focus on what I do best while letting them take ownership in the business, doing the things that they are excited about, that they are gifted in, that they are encouraged to do. So whether you don't have a team at all, you're looking to hire your first VA, or you're thinking about adding to a growing team, I want to talk about ways that you personally can create a team culture and what that can look like as your business grows. One of the best gifts is to be able to run a business that not just affords me and my life, but a business that can support other women and their families. And plus, I have this incredible team helping me live out my mission to pursue my vision while they are chasing their own dreams in tandem. So what in the heck does a team culture look like? Well, let me first preface this in saying I'm not an expert at this. I am working on it every single day. And it's something that I wasn't even aware of. It wasn't even on my radar because like I said, I didn't have a team all that long ago. And so growing this team over the last year has really forced me to start to ask myself these questions. What kind of team culture do I want to have? What kind of leader do I want to be? How do I want to liberate my employees, my team members to really have ownership? And so today I'm going to walk you through 
five different ways that you can help create this team culture, how you can be the driving force behind it. And even if you just have one person that you're paying hourly, this can help to get your wheels turning to really figure out what that can look like for you. So number one is this, create communication channels. Having open communication is one of the most beautiful ways that you can facilitate a team culture. So my team uses a program called Slack. It's online and it's been such an awesome resource. So basically it functions like AOL Instant Messenger in a sense where you can have different channels where you can speak to your entire team at once or just speak to specific team members about specific items. And so one of the hardest parts about building a team is creating a culture that gives people very specific roles and then connecting them to work together. So I was recently having a conversation with a friend and she was asking me like, how do you manage your team? Like she told me, she's like, having a team is just way too much work. I'd rather just do it all on my own than having everyone ask me a million questions. I feel like I'm doing more work because I have to answer everybody's questions. And I pushed back on her pretty hard. I challenged her and I asked her, how are you encouraging your team to work together? to keep her out of things until they absolutely need her input. And I pushed back and I said, what are you doing as their leader to facilitate this kind of communication across the different channels? And I think that it was a really eye-opening question for her because a lot of times when we start to hire different team members, we become their point person. We are the one person that they need to ask about. We are the one person that everything has to pass through before it's complete. And so I pushed back and I said, you know what? Like, this is on you. This is not on your team. They are not incapable, but you have to direct them in how you want them to work together. So how can you create communication channels with a team, especially a remote team? None of my team, we don't work in an office together. We're all working all over the country. We're in different time zones, different schedules. Some of them have children. Like we're on totally different schedules. And so how can you create communication channels? So since our team works entirely remotely, creating relationships between your team and encouraging them to reach out, to talk through ideas, that is so critical. So during launches, we do team calls so that everyone can talk about their role in the launch. They can say where they might need help. They can talk about big wins or opportunities. And the more that I can encourage my team to partner with one another, the more I am freed up to stay out of their work and focus on the big picture stuff. This also totally helps in setting boundaries and leaving messages for when the team is logged on. I don't expect my team to be always connected to work. In fact, I don't want them to be. And so what's awesome is when we use Slack, you can set away messages and we try to use Slack for 90 to 95% of our communication so that we are able to really separate work from life. And when people communicate via text, you never know if it's a good time for them, if you're interrupting something, if you're stressing them out or inducing anxiety. And so Slack has really helped us set boundaries. Now, when my sister started, one of the big things that I was excited about is that I was actually on a sabbatical when she joined the team. So here she is showing up for her first day of work, and I am entirely logged off. But but 
did this intentionally because I wanted her to start relying on my team. I didn't want her to have to come to me for every single thing, for every question, for every decision. And so what was awesome is me being out of the office gave her the opportunity to connect to my team members like Danielle and Caitlin to ask them questions, to get on the phone with them, to open up those communication channels so that as she continued her role, she could partner with them. And I think that one of the biggest gaps that I had in this, in facilitating this for my team is that before we were using Slack, we were kind of all operating as islands and I was the center point for that. And so everything was going through me and everyone was reaching out to me and my phone was going off all the time with text messages and questions and voice texts. And so when I started to see like, this isn't what I want for a team, I want a team that can work together and I'm a part of that team, but I am not necessarily the leader of it every single day. It was really incredible because I started to see relationships form. I started to see roles being way more defined and I got a lot of less questions because people were working together and then they would come to me to present what they had done. And it was so much easier as a boss to navigate that. So number one, create communication channels, whatever that looks like. If you need to define out tasks using a program like Basecamp or Asana, or you want to dive into Slack so that when you guys are online and working, you can communicate that way. That's what's worked really well for us. And we highly encourage you to set up something like that so that your team can ask questions, not through text, not through email, but just when you are online. Number two is to give your team members ownership of a task. So one of the biggest pitfalls that entrepreneurs make when they're building a team is keeping ownership on things that they have to just let go of. Oh gosh, I'm so bad at this, but I have gotten really good at it. Not only will your team feel more liberated to treat your business as their own, but they will also have ownership on a task from start to finish, putting more stake in the game for them. And it isn't the whole reason of hiring a team for you to let go of things, right? Like the whole reason we're doing this is so that you can let go of those things that you're not awesome at. And so what I see happen is that entrepreneurs say, I need help but then they are still having their grip so tight on control that they're not giving their team members any sort of ownership, any semblance of that. And so one, you're creating more work as the boss because everything has to go through you. But two, you're taking that ability to own something away from your team. And that actually just breaks my heart. And so when you're always interjecting, when you're always asking questions, when you're always making yourself the final point person, you're taking that away from them. You're probably making them feel belittled and you want to encourage them to have the ability, the confidence, the excitement to just take action. I believe that imperfect action is better than just staying stagnant right? Like you'd rather have people moving and have it be a little bit off or a little imperfect than to just sit still waiting for you to give them permission. And so how do you do this? How do you give your team members ownership of something? For me, my team has very specific roles for their position. And while we encourage some overlap so that they have to work together and partner, it is also their job to own a task. So for example, my sister Kate is in charge of the podcast. The podcast is her territory, her domain. So I will give her, say, a list of guests that I want to have on the show. And then it's up to her to get them booked, 
prepped, ready, and live on their interview. And what I love about that is I can give her kind of the direction that we're going, but I don't need to be a part of that process because she owns it. And I trust that she's going to do it in a way that makes the most sense, that furthers the brand as much as she can. And that also is respecting the main mission that I have. So she's going to have to partner with Caitlin on certain things like the blog or the SEO strategy or the Pinterest strategy, but they work together so that Kate can finish up her job and then pass the torch off when she's ready. And so what's been really helpful in terms of having ownership within my team is to have very clearly defined roles and to say, you are going to own this entire piece of the brand. I want you to be in the driver's seat. I want for you to come to the table with ideas. I want for you to make action happen. I don't want for you to just sit and wait and fulfill that laundry list, but I want for you to be thinking bigger and challenging that. And so what's so exciting about that is my sister feels accomplished when things happen in the podcast. She has that ownership piece. Yes, I am the one recording the shows and creating that content, but she is the one driving the ship. And so when we get more downloads or when we get more reviews or things like that, it's exciting for her because she owns it. She has stake in the game. She sees herself being worked in this brand in such a beautiful way that gives her that ownership piece that I think is so important in loving your job. And so you have to make sure that as you are hiring, that you are willing to loosen your grip of control so that you are not being a control freak and taking that away from your team members. Because I think there is nothing worse than having a boss constantly interject, constantly change the path, constantly taking over things that you know you are capable of doing. Hey, hey, sorry to jump in here, but I wanted to pop back in with a dose of encouragement and a little extra something something for you. You probably keep hearing top marketers say, it's all in the list, it's all in the list, and you're wondering what list they are talking about. Surely it cannot be your to-do list. That's a mile long. They are talking about email lists, and rightfully so. Email marketing is the number one way I drive profits in my business, and to celebrate that simple fact, I created a totally free guide, five easy ways to grow your email list and you can get your hands on it for free at jkemaillist.com. Again, hop to jkemaillist.com to get your guide, hit pause, get your hands on it and get more resources all devoted to growing that email list of yours. And then of course you can jump back into this awesome episode. Number three is allow space for mistakes to be made. You guys, come on, we're all going to mess up. We're all just big mess ups. Nobody knows what they're doing anyways, right? I always tell my team we're not curing cancer, although I wish we were, and I want to give them the autonomy to make mistakes. Seriously, I invite them. They happen. It's great. We learn. The truth is that a lot of times having them make a call and a decision and have it be the wrong one is better than not moving forward at all. And I think that a lot of times we learn the most through mistakes, which let's be honest, When we're in a business, like what we see as a mistake are usually super minor and nobody else notices them. And so I want my team to be able to make decisions, to move the brand forward to the best of their abilities. And I would way rather have them just make imperfect decisions than to have every little thing have to pass by me. I often think about when I planned my own wedding. 
and you know, you have this vision and you're so excited and you're getting down to all these teeny tiny little details that probably no one else is going to realize, but you're spending tons of time on them because you want everything to be perfect. And then I remember the day before my wedding, we're like setting up the space. I'm so stressed out. I'm so frazzled. I am so done with people asking me questions that it kind of hit a point where I was like, just put things where you think they should go and let's just be done with this. And I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we have this vision and we're sitting there trying to make everything perfect. And by the time we actually get to executing it, we are so overwhelmed. We're so stressed out. We've been in the project for too long that we just kind of don't care about that little stuff anymore. And so I want for my team to understand that like you can make decisions, you can make mistakes. And what is so great is how we've done this in my business and how you can do this in yours is that there have definitely been learning moments, but they are usually so brief and so minor. And they usually help us to streamline a workflow that makes the best sense for us. So when we are setting things up and it's not exactly how I envisioned it, but at least it's done, then we can course correct. And that's a lot of times way easier than trying to start something from the very beginning. The other beautiful thing about mistakes is that if your team learns to accept ownership and you realize that maybe things went slightly astray, you can always follow up and say, hey, this is Jenna. I'm intercepting this email here and realizing that I didn't let so-and-so know that and then overrule whatever had been discussed while still respecting your team and their roles. So for example, we've had this happen a few times when we're negotiating brand sponsorships. I always want Caitlin to go through the negotiations, make sure the brand knows my rates, make sure things are aligned, and then I am the final yes or no. And sometimes we've turned things down and then I see that in the inbox and I'm like, wait, this could maybe work. And so then I can intercept them because they've been speaking with Caitlin and I make the final decision. So then I can just jump in and be like, hey, this is Jenna. So sorry, I forgot to let Caitlin know about this. I think that we'd be a great fit and we would love to move forward. And it's not a big deal because I've given her the ability to make decisions, even if they're wrong. And I can always step in and course correct. And it's not a big deal. It's a way to learn. And I think it's a really beautiful thing to give your team permission to not be perfect. Because again, imperfect action, that's what actually moves things forward. That's what makes things happen. And when you are aiming for perfect, and when you put those implications on your team, and you make them feel like that's what's expected, a lot of times you're just paralyzing them. So I personally love mistakes. I love experiments. I think that everything in running a business is simply an experiment. Some of them yield awesome results. Some of them blow up in your face. And I think that's the beauty of it. And so you have to let your team make decisions that maybe aren't always perfect because nobody's perfect, especially not me. Number four is ask for feedback and do monthly or quarterly check-ins with your teams. So this is something that I've definitely got better at as a leader and as especially as my team has grown. And I want to know how my team is feeling. I want to know what they're excited about. I want to know what they dread about their job. Yes, I want to know what they hate and I expect them to come to me and be honest. And I want to know what I can do to support them better or where I'm not giving them enough direction or how I can help educate them better, figure out how I can contribute to support them to be fulfilled and excited about what they're working on. 
And I want to know if these things are working because guess what? I'm investing a ton into my team. I am putting my money down, betting on them. I want them to feel excited. I want them to feel inspired. And so I want to know these things because I want to be invested and I want for them to love their job. If they love their job, they will work harder They're going to be more focused. They're going to be more committed to the results. And so I don't want people that are just feeling mediocre about it. And I realize that there are going to be parts of every job that people just don't like. I think that's part of life. But at the same point, if I can course correct or autopilot these things to make them love their jobs better then I'm being a better boss. So I choose to open the door for honest dialogue. And that's really helped me craft roles where my team members feel like they are making a difference. And it's also helped me determine where people's gifts are. For example, in the first month of my sister working for me, I had a conversation with her about her job. So we did this check-in. I sent her a whole list of questions and I asked her, you know, what are you excited about? What are you feeling like you're failing at or what are you struggling with? And she told me that one thing she felt like she was struggling to understand was SEO. And the truth was, as her boss, I had no clue she was even trying to do SEO. And so we looped in Caitlin, who is our main SEO expert, gave Caitlin ownership of SEO for the entire brand, which in turn took it off of Kate's plate, giving Caitlin the ability to run with it, knowing she had ownership on that task. And if I would have never had that conversation, I would have had no clue. And instead of Kate trying to learn a new task that Caitlin is already good at, it helped me allocate my resources better. And it really helped me make sure my team was serving my business in the way that moved the bottom line the most. And so having these check-in conversations, having these feedback sessions can totally make a difference. So I have questions that I send my team and I'm trying to do it monthly, but sometimes it turns into more quarterly. And I'm including those lists of questions for you guys as a freebie for this episode. So you can get them at jennacutcherblog.com slash 139. Again, you can get my entire list of questions that I send out to my team so that you can have these little huddles with your team. jennacutcherblog.com slash 139. Grab that freebie. It is so helpful. And what I do is I give them the questions and the space to write a few sentences. And then I want to jump on the phone and run through it with them. It doesn't have to be this stressful or dramatic thing. It doesn't have to be this like quarterly review, but I want them to feel seen and heard. And I want them to be able to come to me if something just isn't working. And asking these certain questions can help to make sure that your team is serving in the best places and that they are encouraged to dream for your business and bring new ideas to the table. A lot of times they see entrepreneurs, they give their team roles and then they just keep those roles going. And they never actually check in with their team to say, how are you feeling? Are you feeling fulfilled? Is there other things that you see you could do in the business? Do you have any ideas of ways that we could make this better or easier or serve people? And I love to ask these questions because a lot of times my team is seeing the innards of my business or seeing the inner workings more than I am because I'm the one working on the business and not in it. And so when I can ask them to come to the table with ideas, we might not always execute all of them, but a lot of times they know what we need to do. And then they have that idea and I give them the ability to run with it. I give them the ability to own it. And that is how our roles transform. So I look at Caitlin, who started specifically to help me with my inbox. Now she's creating content. She's running SEO. She's working our Pinterest strategy. She's doing 
things way beyond just answering emails. And I want my team to never feel like they're stuck in a position. If they get really good at that role and they want to move on, then I want them to train in someone else to do their job so that they're freed up to focus where they are serving the business best. And so I think that just having these conversations, asking for feedback, doing check-ins can totally transform that for you. Now, last one is number five, and that is to have your team prioritize tasks of importance. So I have shared about the big three a lot in this entire podcast, but I want to kind of run through that. So every single day, we all jump onto Slack and we send each other the big three. And basically, it's a simple check-in so that I know what three tasks that team member is focusing on for the day. Basically, when you say what your big three are, those are the things that you are going to do before you do anything else. So let's say it is to create a new blog post. You're not going to check emails until you get through that thing. And you want those big three to be the biggest needle moving things. You want them to impact the business to enforce the brand. And so that simple quick check-in can help me to make sure that we are all working on things in the right order with the right sense of urgency, and that we are utilizing our gifts in the best places in the business. So basically every single morning I hop into Slack, I share my big three so that my team knows what I'm working on for the day or the three things that I need to get done before anything else gets done. And that way my team can know exactly what I'm working on. And then I encourage them to share theirs. So I'm not done working for that day until those three things are completed. And not only is this helpful for me so that I can make sure they are spending their days in the right spots, but just setting those three goals helps to ensure that we are all focused. We're all moving forward instead of being pulled into a million directions. So I want my team to be really honest to say, these are the big three most important things I need to get done today. And I think what's really beautiful about sharing that with one another is it has this ability to have accountability, but it also helps me to steer the ship. So if I see that somebody's working on something that might not be as urgent as something else, I can challenge them and it helps them over time to set the right goals with the right intentions, to focus their energy and their efforts on the right things. And that way I'm always in the know of what's going on without having to be the final person that says, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. But I can at least see that we're moving in the right direction. So how you can do this is just start by walking your team through what the big three is and then start to communicate it each day. Hold yourself to it. Whatever you are doing, you want to share yours. You want your team to share theirs. So whether you do it on a team channel in Slack or if separate threads, it is really helpful for you as the boss to know what people are working on and to team up with them if there are spaces where your team can work together to get the job done quicker or more efficiently or more effectively. And it also helps you to challenge your team to really understand the big brand priorities, utilize their time on the stuff that makes the biggest difference for the business. I want my team to tell me the one thing that they did that day that helps impact the bottom line in the business. I want them to know that I am paying them to do their job and I want them to be driving results. And so it's a really, really good challenge. A few final things that we've done in terms of team culture is I've given my team the ability to pursue education. So once a quarter, every person on my team gets a $1,000 stipend so they can attend a workshop or 
buy an online course or be a part of some community because I want them to always be pursuing education. I'm always taking courses. I'm always learning new things. I'm always seeking out guidance. And so giving them the ability to pursue education, if they can prove that whatever they're about to do is going to help them do their job better, then you better believe as a boss, I'm ready to invest. And I think that it's exciting because it's forcing them to learn, to maybe step out of their comfort zone, to create communities beyond just my team itself. And I love that I am leading by example in the sense of I value education. I teach. So I want my team to pursue education and get even better at the jobs that they're doing. We also do fun things like bonuses. We have contests. But all in all, my team and I, we are in this culture because of the brand that I've built and the mission behind that brand. And what I think is so incredible is that we are given this opportunity to come together to make a bigger impact, far bigger than I could ever do if I was doing this whole thing on my own. And so having a team and creating and fostering this culture, it's something that's new for me, but I want to run through the five things that you can do to create a team culture. Number one, create communication channels. Again, we use Slack. We communicate on it daily. Number two, give your team members ownership of a task. Let them own something from start to finish. Number three, allow and encourage space for mistakes to be made. Number four, ask for feedback and do monthly or quarterly check-ins with your team. And number five, help them prioritize tasks of importance using tools like the big three. Lastly, I just want you to know you can get your hands on my questionnaire that I send out my teams almost monthly, if not quarterly at jennacutcherblog.com slash 139. This tool will really help you navigate those conversations so that you can make sure your team is showing up and serving your business in the best places that are making the biggest impact as you continue to pursue your vision. So until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I sincerely hope that this episode helps you to brainstorm the ways that you can foster a true culture with your brand and your business. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.